and welcome to another episode of Take 15. My name is Bud Hazlitt and I'm the head of Risk Management and Derivatives for CFA Institute. Today we have the pleasure of talking with Cliff Asnes from AQR. Cliff, thank you for joining us. You're a noted hedge fund expert and manager, and many think of hedge funds as being a single type of strategy, but it's really many different strategies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this is a kind of dog the hedge fund world for, forever, this uh, how to define it. Uh, the term uh, uh, hedge fund has almost no meaning. It, 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 if it has any meaning, and, and people have joked that its meaning is really a fee structure, and they don't mean a low fee structure when they say that. Um, but I'll, I'll be a little more, more serious. If it has any meaning, it, it, it is usually a fee structure with uh, both higher fees and a, a more of a reliance on performance fees. But it's also opening up the world to a lot of non-traditional uh, techniques, strategies that require things like short selling, sometimes leverage, all the bad boys of, of, of finance. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm joking there. I think they're actually quite useful. But, but hedge fund strategies generally have to make use of, of these things. But they're very varied. Uh, when, you, when you get that, that non-traditional strategies that, that require these tools, that might work, but that doesn't really tell you that much. I mean, off the bat, you can, you can think long-short equity is probably one of the biggest hedge fund strategies. That looks a lot like traditional stock pickers who also do anywhere from a little to a lot of shorting. Uh, so they're doing the short side as well as the long side. They charge more and presumably, if not provably, have more skill. Uh, but it's not that different than a traditional stock picker. It's just a very different form. Then you get into arbitrage strategies, things called convertible arbitrage, merger arbitrage. We, uh, mergers is a classic strategy where you're, uh, a, a merger is announced, uh, and after it's announced, it's very important because if you do it before, it's the Ivan Bosky version of merger arbitrage. But, or you're very good at it. It's one of the two. But after it's announced, you go long the target and short the acquirer. And uh, if the deal closes, you make a little bit of money because the world's still worried that, that maybe it won't close. And if it doesn't close, you lose a lot of money. Sounds like a bad trade, make a little, lose a lot, but you make a little far more often than you, you lose. It's been a great strategy for, for 30, 40 years. Doesn't look a lot like stock picking. Global macro, the famous, uh, you know, may, maybe the uh, poster children for hedge funds, uh, uh, picking what markets in the world, uh, stock markets, bond markets, currency markets, commodities are gonna do well or poorly. Um, that do doesn't feel a lot like the other Three, uh, manage futures. It's almost a form of global macro, but it's much more systematic and much more trend following. Uh, all of these are, we think, are very legitimate strategies. We, we think they have made money over, over time, and there's some reasons why they make money. We don't think it's all uh, a magic uh, genius of, of, of people like me, uh, but uh, they are all very, very different. Uh, so in a nutshell, you got to really think pretty hard. When you put together a hedge fund portfolio or making comments about hedge funds, I do think the, the, the implication behind your question is just true. You can't just say hedge funds, you, you've said very little. Right, so all these different strategies have different risk reward profiles, and so that really presents a challenge for a hedge fund manager like you, right? Because uh, you have to select the areas that look the most attractive. Well, well, you can think of the hedge fund world, um, broadly speaking, as specialists and generalists. In the hedge fund we call them multi-strat funds or the, the generalists. I'm, I'm, I am more of a generalist, but I'll, I'll talk about both. The challenge is if you're a specialist is you're running one, uh, one or a small handful of usually related versions of these strategies. You have a certain profile. Uh, if you're a managed futures fund, uh, you have tended to do well in some of the crises. You've had some very interesting hedging uh, properties, and you've had long stretches where trends haven't developed. If you're an arbitrage strategy, you've tended to do well over the whole period, 
but when crises hit, like 2008, liquidity dries up and those arbitrage strategies are vulnerable. They're not uh, unrelated to that. Um, global macro has been more eclectic. Uh, you know, by its nature, it, it, it's doing a, a variety of things. So if you're a specialist in any one of these, you can be very good at what you do. But you are riding a wave where both your style will, will uh, come in and out of vogue, uh, both in popularity and in performance. And the attractiveness of your strategy might vary. So what you really need there is client communication and understanding where you fit in the portfolio and understanding of what environments you'll work or, or not work in. And I shouldn't say that like you know, but you think you'll work or not work in. Now, if you're a multi-strategy uh, firm that's doing many of these strategies, you have a, another kind of challenge. Putting these together to try to get the most consistent results possible. Nothing's perfectly consistent. I'll, I'll tell you on camera, I've gotten this right more often than wrong, but I've gotten it wrong also. It's, it's, a, it's, it's an art and a science to put these together, but you try to put together these uh, uh, because they are different to try to form a, a more consistent whole that, that, that diversify and work well uh, together. And if you're doing it across these different strategies, they're attracting this. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't overplay this. I, don't, uh, I would rather be diversified than try to time which is the single best hedge fund strategy if you want to take it to extremes. But at the margin, they do vary. There are times one hedge fund strategy um, it looks really weird uh, in terms of uh, attractive. Weird, weird is usually good. Uh, there's something going on where prices are strange. Uh, to give an extreme example that, 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 that was uh, very um, uh, impactful for me, uh, back in the tech bubble, uh, those who pursued valuation-based stock selection, which is one, one thing hedge funds certainly uh, do pursue, had an absolutely terrible 1999 as the world went crazy, and then a wonderful next three years. Uh, but at the peak, or anywhere near, you know, no one knows the peak uh, to, the, to the minute, but anywhere six months away from kind of March of 2000, that strategy had been killed and looked ridiculously attractive going forward. I'm picking maybe the most, uh, one of the most extremes. The, the real estate bubble brought us new extremes. Um, but one of the most extreme things in the last 50 years, because it's easier to make the point, usually opportunities are smaller and, and, and shifts are smaller. Uh, but being cognizant of, of where the risks are and, and where the returns are going to be, and often those returns are a contrarian thing where you have to explain why it hasn't worked for a while. That is all part of it. Uh, but you do have a lot of heterogeneous strategies. They vary in their attractiveness, and they vary in how you should fit them together. That's good news. You don't want 15 of the same strategies, but it does present challenges. What are some of the techniques you use to capture some of the returns, say in something like uh, convertible arbitrage or whatever? I, I think um, the, the techniques evolve over time. One of the good news, uh, one of the big pieces of good news is they tend to get cheaper uh, uh, to implement over time. One of the bad news things is whenever people invent brand new, very complicated techniques, I think we've probably learned that usually doesn't end well. But the simple the simple extensions to the standard toolkit. Uh, call it the ability to short sell and the ability to, to, to lever a low risk strategy within reason. Those are probably the two key building blocks to me of how to implement a hedge fund strategy that differ from traditional investing. Um, if, you, if you want to think about it, convertible arbitrage. Uh, convertible bonds, and, and we, can all, we can spend a lot of time discussing uh, why this has been the case, but have traded, uh, they're a package of a corporate bond and an option. They've traded considerably cheap uh, for about 30 years to if you price those two securities separately. So what an arbitrageur does, I usually can't say the word arbitrageur on camera, it's a hard one, I've succeeded here. <laughs> we did good um, this time. <laughs> um, what an arbitrageur does is they buy the convertible bond and they try to short out the components. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the equity option, the, the, the corporate bond, including the credit and the interest rate piece often. There's a lot of art to this. I'm making it sound simple. Some people are better, some are worse, some have a very diversified approach, some 
concentrate, but the inherent trade is, is the same. This would not be possible without short selling, certainly. You couldn't, you couldn't arbitrage this away. Uh, it sounds like, oh, what a shame, hedge fund managers couldn't make money. Uh, but in, I would cry, but no one else would cry. Your clients would cry. Yes. Uh, uh, the, but uh, I actually think, uh, and I'll do a little commercial for hedge fund investing, a lot of these things do make markets uh, more efficiently priced place. That, that bound of, of how cheap a convertible bond can get is a lot tighter because people are willing to do this arbitrage. I do think a lot of these things serve uh, a purpose. They provide capital to the market. They remove discrepancies and they take a risk. Um, but you could not pursue convertible arbitrage without short selling uh, or almost always uh, some form of leverage. Uh, and leverage gets a bad name, uh, but there are strategies that are pretty safe uh, and in fact too safe. They don't make you a lot of money uh, and they don't have a lot of risk and they would not be interesting to pursue without at least a manageable reason. Well, we can always discuss uh, pe people do on occasion extend this too far. That's, that's become quite obvious in the last few years, but some amount of leverage applied to a low risk strategy forms a lot of the reason for living for, for a lot of hedge funds. But those two, short selling and some amount of leverage, not always both of them, but those two are, are, are almost always some part of what makes hedge fund strategies somewhat different uh, than traditional strategies. So when the short selling ban was placed uh, a few years back, that really caused an issue for some of your strategies. Um, well, for us, uh, it, it, this is just dumb luck, but it's not a very big issue. We're a quantitative firm. We trade a little bit of, of everything, and the ban was only on financials. Um, if they banned everything, um, and, and you would presumably have to have a very different short book, I, I, uh, whether you'd have to take it off or, or whatnot. I, um, I actually went a little nuts and wrote some rather fiery editorials about that. I'm quite a free marketer, and I think... Um, it, banning short selling things that are that kind of stink and have done a bad job and 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 managers think are going to get worse is not the way to, to fix markets uh, but yeah it, much more draconian restrictions on these things I think would be very bad for the world would make prices uh, a lot more random out there and a lot less tethered to fair value most of what hedge funds try to do is figure out what is real value and place their positions on a, on a belief that that value will, will come back I argue you really want people doing this uh, in the world, but uh, something that looks like the short selling uh, ban of, of 2008, but was uh, much more draconian and much more widespread would be pretty bad for the hedge fund world. Hedge fund replication, uh, there's been a lot going on in that area. Does that pose a threat for a traditional hedge fund manager? Um, well, I gotta, first I got to disclose, I have an economic interest in, in, in this one. We, we do something related. We, we would argue it's pretty different, and I'll try to ex explain that. Uh, but I never want to talk about something and, 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 and not tell you when I'm, I'm talking up my wallet. Um, hedge fund uh, replication, broadly speaking, and there are people who do replication who don't do it precisely like this. Um, it, it, to me, that term has come to mean trading a relatively small group of assets and trying to statistically create something that kind of looks like the returns of hedge funds. I've been uh, a, a, a believer and I've argued that this kind of misses the point. In, in a lot of uh, uh, places, you can get a pattern that's correlated to hedge funds and not actually uh, mimic their average return. Uh, for instance, let's go back to our convertible arbitrage example. Uh, this is extreme, not all replicators do this, but I've seen replication versions that, that notice that convertible arb does better when the world's very volatile. Uh, in geek terms, it's long volatility. So they uh, run straddles, bets that, that markets will move in extreme ways. Straddles um, is buying a call buy and a call and a put on, on many stocks, on the S&P 500. Uh, and they find a correlation to a convertible arbitrage because both of them have this characteristic that they do better when, when being, quote, long volatility pays off. 
the problem, of course, is, is convertible arbitrage, we believe, works because convertible bonds sell cheap. You can't actually get that without buying a convertible bond. So you can get the correlation, but you forgot the important part, which was the average return. We don't do this to be correlated to something. We do this to make money. That's an, I admit I'm picking an extreme example. If you go the other way, managed futures is largely a trend-following strategy among some very liquid, uh, limited set of instruments. I think replication works very well there because what, the, what managed futures are doing looks kind of like replication to, to begin with. But by and large, I think the point should be delivering the underlying strategy, uh, it, not b b delivering something that kind of looks like it. And there is a move, and I, this is what I was admitting in the beginning, this is how we view it, and we do some of this, to try to deliver hedge fund strategies, I would call it somewhere in between replication and, and, and traditional hedge funds, that is a very diversified form of it, that doesn't try to pick specific uh, issues and doesn't try to, uh, to, to, to uh, add or subtract a ton of value on top. It tries to give you the core classic return to hedge funds. The example, again, to carry through my convertible example, would be doing a very broad, far broader than most convertible arbitrage managers do, basket of converts, not focusing as much on each one and hedging it and, and trying to deliver a very systematic return on convertible arbitrage. It's more of a Jack Bogle approach to, if Jack, not that he would ever do this, I'm not asserting Jack uh, as a supporter of convertible arbitrage, but if he did it, he would do it like this. He would do a very broad cross-section and try to deliver the average return. That's an approach um, that I wouldn't call replication, but I think is a challenge to the hedge fund world. How much of their return comes from this core, simple, diversified approach versus skill. I think sometimes this simple approach is being sold as skill and you can sell skill for a higher price so there's some incentive to do that. What do you think the landscape of the hedge fund industry is going to look like in the future? We've already seen this but some simple things uh, pre-2008 um, and uh, you know it, this is the kind of thing people are calling for for five years and eventually if you call for something for five years it'll eventually be right uh, but you did see a shakeout in the hedge fund industry uh, hedge funds did, uh, did not do exceptionally poorly or exceptionally well versus, uh, I think, what we thought their risks were uh, before 2008. Uh, but a lot of the smaller ones, and uh, the, the, it just became very hard economically to go on. So I, I, I think it will be harder to run single funds, uh, small single funds. I think it will be much harder to run um, what I was referring to before, single strategy funds. Um, I think hedge funds can still make a lot of money going forward. A lot of these things they trade on still exist. Uh, but it, you'd be hard-pressed to argue they'll be as good as they were in the last 30 uh, years. Uh, few things remain good forever, uh, at least at the rate they were. So if individual strategies are going to be good but not as good, it's going to be much harder to run single strategies. It's going to be a much uh, uh, tougher path. Imagine there are 10 good strategies that all used to be good standalone, but now to be good have to be done in a package because none are good alone. So I think the hedge fund world will look more multi-strategy going forward. And finally, to, to continue my self-serving theme, I do think this idea of delivering hedge fund returns at a lower and more transparent and more fully hedged, because another problem we didn't touch on is hedge funds are too correlated to the markets. They, uh, to make a joke about the name, they don't hedge enough. I think this kind of strategy uh, will be at least a force in the hedge fund world. If, if, if not, uh, I don't know how destabilizing it will be, but it will become more important. Investors will be able to access an attempt at skill separately for an attempt at the, the very basic returns on, on the hedge fund. Great. Cliff, thank you very much, and thank you for viewing another episode of Take 15. Copyright 2011, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. 
It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.